I believe before we leave today that there is going to be miracles, signs, wonders, healing. I believe before you walk out of this room, if you came in needing a touch from God, that before you leave, you will receive it by faith in Jesus' name. By faith in Jesus' name. But here's the thing. You have to respond to the word of God. Respond to the moving of the spirit of the Holy Ghost. If you walk out, if you walk out without responding to God, you will not leave changed. But before the end of this service today, if you decide that today is my time, that this is my season, that this is the moment, I promise you, you are going to leave different than when you came in today. For in Exodus 15, 26, the Lord declared unto Moses, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. And I'm here to declare today. My message today is that He is the God that heals. And I, I just wish maybe we could say that together. That Lord, You are the God that heals. Do you believe that this morning? Do you receive that today? Do you believe that He is who He says He is? Hallelujah, Jesus. God is good. God is good. If you believe that today, if you believe that, you can be seated today as we go before the Lord. For I believe God has this day on His calendar. He lives in and out of time, and that part of Him that's in time, I think He has it marked on His calendar for you today. For this is your day to receive your healing. I am the Lord that healeth thee, he said. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. And that is the backdrop of the message today. That he is a God that no matter what you're going through, can heal you. No matter the report, no matter the condition, no matter what's happening in your mind, in your body, in your spirit... He is the God that heals, Jehovah Rapha. Our text today is found in Mark chapter 3 and verse 1. We're going to read through verse 5. It says this, that he, being Jesus, entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. Someone say a withered hand. And they watched him whether he would heal him on the Sabbath Day, they being the Pharisees, that they might accuse him. Something good's going to happen, and they're just ready to. That's just how they were. And he saith unto the man with the withered hand, which had the withered hand, stand forth. So he tells him to stand. And then he turns and says unto them that are also watching, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days, or to do evil, to save life, or to kill? But they held their peace. They don't say anything. 
And when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness, the hardness of their hearts, he said unto the man, this once again, the man with the withered hand, stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored whole as the other. Can we thank God for that today? For the miracle working God? For he is the God that heals. And I'm declaring that it is your season for healing today. I've said it before, this is harvest time. It's harvest time for West Monroe. Seeds been planted, seeds been watered, and there's a harvest that's coming forth. I believe that God is doing what only He can do. And I just think that it's about time, it's already happening, that we as a people jump on board with what God is doing. Yeah, that's right. Because He's doing great things. Amen. Now, with that said, coming up this week, on Saturday, someone say Saturday, Saturday Saturday the 23rd, you may have it marked on your calendar, you may not, some of you, it may already be pre-filled for you, but we celebrate the official beginning of fall, of autumn, Mm, can I get an amen in the house, it's that season when the temperature begins to cool off. I need two amens in the house today. It's that season where in our culture, chili begins to be found on the stovetop. I need three amens in the house. It's also the season where footballs begin to fly through the air. Now the Heron Tigers need your prayer today. And while you're at it, throw a prayer up for the Tennessee Titans as well. I would personally appreciate that. But it is that season. It's also that season where the grass begins to brown. And once thriving trees, green as could be, begin to change colors and wither away. Those green trees, they, those leaves begin to shrivel up. And they get, begin to be blown through the air into your yard for you to rake up or mow up, or leave there for all of your neighbors to see. That is fall. And those trees that once were full of life are now barren. They are leaveless. I don't know if that's a word. But they no longer are bearing those leaves that once were full of life. And this is all happening because on the other side of fall, winter is coming. Lifeless, cold winter is coming. But we have this understanding that on the other side of winter, there is a spring time that is coming. There is a time where those leaves that were once dead, they're gone. Don't worry. They're gone. But those trees that were barren will begin to sprout out new trees. And life, once again, will be coming back into the picture. That on the other side of winter, on the other side of cold, on the other side of bitterness, on the other side of barrenness, there is life coming. Spring is coming. 
In Israel, the almond tree is the first tree to bloom. It's the first tree that wakes up and says that winter is over. That cold, that season is, is done. That the barren winter is past. It's that first tree that wakes up in the midst of winter and says, it's, it's not always going to be like this. That ahead is something better for us. The almond tree says, I don't care what the other trees are feeling, but it's my season to sprout up. It's my season to begin to show life. I'm going to stretch, you could say. Once, once barren, I'm going to stretch. And I, I just think that that's just a great picture of faith. It's a picture of faith that I'm, I'm not going to live by what I see. Winter, it's past. Darkness is over. Pain and confusion are done. And I'm believing that for someone that just like that almond tree that decides in the middle of a cold season that I am not going to stay the same. That someone in this house that is in your winter season, although the calendar says fall is coming, but maybe in your life you are experiencing a bitter season, a cold, lifeless season. I'm believing today that you can just begin to stretch and begin to sprout out. And on the other side of God, there is life. In Mark 3.1, in our text, Jesus entered the synagogue. It says he entered again into that synagogue. And there was a man there with a withered hand. Now, we don't know when that man first came to the synagogue. We don't know how long he was there. We don't know if he was a regular attender. We don't know if it was his first time there. We don't know much about him. We don't know when the withering process began in his hand. We don't know anything except that he was a man like many in this room. He was a person like all of us in this room. But he had a withered hand. The withered hand, it was dry. It was lifeless, paralyzed. It was, in fact... The Gospel of Luke tells us it was his right hand, which his right hand, the right hand, of course, is, is symbolic of, of power and, and prominence and strength. Yeah. And so this hand, it's, it's a, a meaningful thing. It's functionally that which he, which he reaches with, that which he grasps with. And so his power his functionality, all of it is withered and is withering away. His power, his reach, his grasp, it is withered. And it tells us that he is in the synagogue withered. Of course, that synagogue to the Jews, it was that meeting place, that prayer hall. It was where they gathered together. And so in our context, it would be like us in our church house. It would be like us together here where we meet together. And so this man is in the meeting place. And you could say he was in the church house withering away. Within that church house, he sat there withered, dry, lifeless, without power, without reach. He 
was withering away. And I believe that along with his hand, there were other things that had withered as well. That there was, that there was some dreams that potentially had withered away. That there was potential that had withered, capacity that he had. It had, it had withered away. Life, in fact, as he once knew it at some time, had withered away into broken heart, into lifeless dreams. What he once knew was no longer a reality because sin and disease had withered this man's hand away. And you may not be here with a withered hand. You may have full capacity of your limbs today. I hope you do. But I also understand that speaking today, I'm speaking to and preaching to people who go through real life and experience real stuff, experience hard life, experience real things that get to us. And so you may not have a withered hand, but your heart may be withered. Your mind may be withered this morning. Your, your spirit may be withered. Your power, your power may be withered today. Your confidence, your reach, maybe your marriage has withered away. The strength and stability you once felt is no longer. Your family, once tight, once inseparable, is now withering right before your eyes. Your family, your kids, withering, withering. Your finances, once you were, you, you were confident of what was in the bank, you were stable, but, but life has hit you and that stability has begun to wither away. Maybe it's certain relationships you've had with friends or with colleagues, business partners, people that you know, people that you've done life with before, but life and circumstance has withered those things away. I, I, I simply am here on this Sunday with this assignment to let you know that you may be withered, but we also know a God who heals, that Jesus is the God that heals withered lives. Jesus brings life to the barrenness. He brings life to the lifeless, that Jesus is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. And whatever it is that is withered in your life, God is here today to heal you. God is here. And Mark 1 and 3, we pick up there. Jesus says unto the man with the withered hand, Stand forth. Stand up. Make a, a motion of faith. Stand up. And he says unto him, Is it lawful unto the people there? Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when they had looked round about on him with anger being grieved, for the hardness of their hearts. He said unto the man, stretch, somebody say that with me, stretch, stretch forth your hand. Stretch forth your withered hand. I think that sometimes God asks us to do some things that are very unreasonable to us.
And in this moment, I think it would have been very reasonable with our logic for the man with the withered hand to question God. Has anyone here ever done that before? I always think of when he told Joshua and the people of Israel, just walk around Jericho. Seven days, seven, on the seventh day, walk around seven times. I, I just happened to think that Joshua for a moment thought, really? Is that really what you want me to do? Makes zero sense. Makes zero sense. And I think that for a moment, I, I don't know, it doesn't say this, but if it were me, he, must, he might be a much better person than me. But if it was me, I think for a moment I would, really, God? You see me, don't you? Does anybody ever ask that question? God, you see me, don't you? You see me. You, do you really see me, God? You, you sure. I'll, have you been to the optometrist recently, God? I know you're ageless. You've been around for a long time, but God... Is your eyes okay? Do you see me? And we, we question God. I think that our flesh leads us to question. That's what the original uh, manipulation of that serpent in the garden was. Questioning, is God good? And that same question is spoken over our lives every day. And at the root of every sin of our life, it is that question, is God good? And when God asks us something, really what we're questioning in that moment is, is God good? Because if we believe God is good, we will follow after the voice of God. But if we believe he is not, then we will stay still. And so it's very possible in that moment that the man questioned. But God asks him to exercise what is easier for us to profess than to practice. Which is, he asked him to exercise his faith. The man with the withered hand is asked to stretch. And really the question isn't, if God is able to heal him, because we have evidence to say that he is able to do it. He declared it, as I said before, back in the Old Testament. I am Jehovah Rapha, the God, that the Lord that heals. And, and we see it over and over in Scripture, the healing nature of God, that he can do all things. So the question isn't if God can heal. And that's, even, that's not even the question today in this house, if God can heal. It's not a question if he can heal your marriage. It's not a question if he can heal your finances. It's, it's not a question if he can heal your depression. It's not a question if he can heal your mind. It's not a question if he can bring life back to the dead bones that you are. It's not a question of any of that. The question is, do you have faith in the word of God? And he says, stretch forth your hands. 
And he stretched it out. And his hand, his hand was restored whole as the other. He did not just heal the man. He challenged the man. And I believe God is challenging us in this hour and in this day, on this day that we are in on this September month, God is challenging us. He challenged the man with the withered hand to do something that people with withered hands shouldn't be able to do. And he is challenging us, us in the room today to do things that people with withered marriages cannot do. And he's challenging us to have faith like people with withered dreams cannot have. And to have faith and confidence in a God that people with withered lives should not be able to possess. God is asking us to stretch. And when you look at what it means and what it meant to have a withered hand, it, it meant not just that his flesh was withered, but also that his bones were withering away. Another way to say that is that his substance was withered. That his substance was gone. He did not have anything to give. He did not have anything to stretch. He did not possess what it was. He did not have the substance. So God says, stretch out your hand. He could have said, I don't have the substance. But what the man exercised is that substance of things hoped for. That evidence of things not yet seen. He, he, he stretched out. And he stretched out his substance that he did not possess. He, he stretched out that substance of that which his flesh did not have. He stretched his faith. He stretched his faith. He, God said, you don't have what you need in yourself. I'm challenging you to stretch out on my word. And God is asking someone in this house just to do a little bit of stretching, a little bit of exercising of that which you do not have, but is the substance of things hoped for. And is that which you do not see in the, in the physical, but by your faith, it shall be done. Somebody in this room, exercise your faith right now. In Jesus' name. Jesus said, stretch. He said, stretch. And this is what I want you to see. This is what I want you to, to not leave here without understanding. That when he said stretch, his hand was still withered. There was nothing to stretch. And the healing did not come when he said stretch. The healing happened when the man decided that I am going to do what God has asked me to do. 
And you can be in service after service and hear the word of the Lord. You can hear that he is Jehovah Rapha. You can hear that he is the God of healing. You can hear that his name is Jesus. And his name is greater than all other things. That his name is greater than cancer. And that his name is greater than divorce. And that his name is greater than depression. And you can hear it. And you can hear it. And you can hear it. But until you begin to stretch until you begin to lift up your faith and until you begin to do what God is calling you to do through his word you will never be changed but when you get excited about the fact that God is Jehovah Rapha that he is the Lord that heals that he is the one who makes all things new and you get this boldness and this confidence and you decide I am going to stretch my faith I am going to put actions to my word I am going to put things into what I say God will do for you what only he can do God will heal the withered heart God will heal the withered mind God will heal the withered confidence God will heal the broken heart God will do what only he can do <laughs> Can we just give God praise? <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> Someone just give him praise like he's already done it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Satan wants you to think that healing is impossible. He wants you to think that restoration isn't possible. He wants you to think that renewal, it's not possible for me. That I am who I am and nothing can change it. He wants you to be convinced that your story has already been written. He wants you to believe that you are a lost cause. And that whatever is withered is withered and it's lost. It's gone. You once knew that you were filled with the Holy Ghost and you walked in the Spirit, but but your spiritual walk has withered and the enemy wants to tell you you don't even have the Holy Ghost. You were baptized in Jesus' name. You were born again, but you gave in once again to those habits and hang-ups and things in your life and the devil wants you to say that that baptism that it didn't mean anything you repented today but already you've sinned and the enemy wants to let you know that you're always going to be that way you cannot be saved that's what 
He is trying to tell someone that you are a lost cause, that you are too far. The withering process has already begun. The withering process has matured. The withering process has been going on for year after year, day after day, decade after decade. It's gone on. It started in your teens, and you're now in your 40s. And for, for years, for 30 years, you have been withering away. And the enemy wants to, to tell you that it, you, you, are, you cannot be healed. You cannot be saved. You are a piece of junk. But Isaiah 53 tells me something different. And I'm here to ask today, whose report will you believe? For he was wounded for our transgressions. his back one stripe for every sickness one stripe for every disease one stripe for everyone in this room today one stripe for you and one stripe for me one stripe after another to testify to you and I that we can look back and see that there was a God who took it for me so that when the enemy tries to lie, when he tries to, to steal from me what is already that God has purchased, when he tries to destroy my life, when he tries to wither away that which God has built up, I can look back and declare by faith that with his stripes, I am healed. With his stripes I am healed he is your healer he is the healer of your heart he is the healer of your mind he is the healer of your life he is your healer today and I want to invite you to put your action with your faith to put your action with your praise. And I open up the remainder of this service to be a place where broken hearts are mended again. I invite you to the front so that those that are withered away with life, withered away with circumstance, can be made whole again. 
because he is Jehovah Rapha. He is our healer. He is our healer. He is our healer. For he was wounded for you. He was bruised. He was. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, I'm claiming my stripes. I'm claiming my strike today, and I'm stretching. I don't have it in my flesh, but I am stretching my substance. I am stretching my faith, the substance of what I hope for, the evidence of what I cannot see. I am stretching it today. Oh, we stretch it today. We stretch it today.